0: This is Season 7 of the Team Roping Journal's podcast, The Score, the show that started it all in the whole podcasting game in Team Roping and Rodeo. At 3 million downloads and counting, this is where Team Ropers talk. From our weekly short score episodes to the longer sit-down conversations that we get to have that dive deep into the personalities, producers, and horses that inspire the sport, this is where Team Ropers get their must-know information. Hey, everyone, it's Chelsea Schaefer. Welcome to this week's episode of The Score. Now, this episode was designed to be a pretty broad overview of all of the horses that placed at the Royal Crown for Charity in Buckeye, Arizona, uh, February 8th to the 10th. If you're listening to this uh, episode in the future, we're talking 2024. Um, But the weekend took kind of a turn that surprised me when... I shouldn't say that. Sorry, Miles. It didn't really surprise me. But... uh, it was unexpected, because this hasn't happened before, that Miles Baker won nearly everything there was to win in Buckeye, including the four-year-old heading and healing and the six and under heading. And then Jeremy Bueller jump rode one of the Relentless Bermuda Stallions' uh, pride and joy for the six and under healing win, but... Um, also, Paul Eves got on one of their horses and won the Open, the twenty thousand Open, with with uh, Eric Rogers. Eric Rogers was heading on a, a mare that he raised that uh, was a De Niro mare. So it was a it was a big big weekend for the Relentless Bermuda. This episode is a lot of miles talking about each horse he rode, class by class, and his training process and competition philosophy on each one. So. You're going to also hear from Jeremy Bueller with Miles as he talks about the stallion Pride and Joy and what it was like to ride behind the relentless Bermuda trainers of Trevor Brazil and Miles Baker. Uh, the two classes that Miles did not win were the intermediate heading won by Mike Kunzler and his horse Celtic Tough and the intermediate healing won by Logan Anseth and uh, he won that on the stallion Cashin In My Diamond. Mike has a tendency to duck out before I get to talk to him. This is not the first time this has happened, Mike. Um, So you're not going to get to hear from him yet on this episode, but we will catch up with him at some point and and get him to talk about this horse that he has just won a ton on in the intermediates. Uh, But I did get to talk to Logan for his very first interview with the Team Roping Journal, and we learned about his spot in Andy Holcomb's training program where that horse came from. So um, we're going to kick this episode off with Miles Baker talking about the horse that he won the Royal Crown's six and under heading on Sevens Hank Two. Fun fact, this horse is a full sibling to Seven Star Glow, the horse that won back to back American Road Horse Futurity Association world titles with Cade Rice on the heel side and was the 2023 uh, reserve super horse at the World Show and the uh, the heading champ at the at the world show there too. So this is Miles Baker talking about Sevens Hank 2. Today's episode is brought to you by Fastback Ropes. You can learn a lot more about Fastback at FastbackRopes.com. They're based in Granbury, Texas, and we are going to talk about the cobalt heel rope at the commercial break. Now, this episode is about mostly Miles Baker winning at the Royal Crown and the guy on the backside Four miles on most of those runs was Dakota Kirkenschlager. Dakota was using the Cobalt, the his heel rope of choice on all of those runs. So, and he won uh, some money in the jackpot and the open jackpot that was super wolfy too, uh, with the Cobalt. So, I will tell you more about this rope at the commercial break. You just won your first for charity.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to say that. I don't know how many times I've won second. Like, I bet 10 or 15 times, Mm -hmm. and the majority of them are behind Trevor. So, I hate to say that I'm glad he's at home, but it was nice to not (laughs) win second for once. But I guess that's when you know your program's working, when the only time I win first is when my partner's not here. So. No, I miss him being here. It's he a,
0: Slingshotted you. He slingshotted you. Yeah, well, you
1: know, that's <laughs> Cal Naughton. You know, if Ricky Bobby ain't here, Cal's got to win. So.
0: Okay, so to age ourselves, we do have to say, because I think people at home might appreciate this. I'm not sure exactly the age demographics of our podcast, but once upon a time, we made a TikTok about you being Cal Naughton and uh, Trevor being Ricky Bobby. And we discovered something just in the last week about why that didn't hit with the younger demographic yeah. why is that
1: because like Tristan hasn't ever even seen Talladega Nights and because he's how 16. old is that
0: movie oh man you looked it up 20, it, it was like 18 or 20 18 years old
1: close to 20 years old and I had no clue because like Tristan hasn't seen it and I'm like well he's 16 I can figure that out. well the girl that helps us she's like 20 and she's never seen it either <laughs> and so anyway it's crazy to think that people haven't seen the greatest movie of all time but but Anyway, it was a good day for Cal since Ricky wasn't here.
0: <laughs> um, okay, talk about that horse, because that isn't one of your more famous horses that everybody knows about. Yeah. But he is, he is famous in his own right, or should be, and yeah. will be. Yeah,
1: he's a full sibling to the stud that Cade's done real good on. And it's funny, because, you know, that stud's not very big, and this Gelden's fifteen-one, and he's, he's a little more streamlined made. Like, if you stood them beside each other, they're polar opposites, but this horse is just gritty and he can run and trev kept calling me between rounds and i was like man i'm telling you this thing is cold in the box like uh i don't think i drew a steer that didn't fight the shoot on him and he just stood there ears forward never budged and there's just not a lot of horses that can take that kind of heat i drew my second steer Mortally flew i felt like i was at cheyenne i mean we went to the back end and we're 10 flat on him and Then comes back on the third and fourth round and stands there like a wooden Indian again, and you just don't get that a lot. He's just a good horse. He's gritty. can face pull, and uh, he's just, he's pretty cool.
0: And how, did you pick him out, or did Trevor pick him out, or was it a team effort? Where'd you first see him?
1: I mean, I'm going to take credit since Trevor ain't here. That's good. But, but a circuit guy, I forget his name, uh, from up in the Northwest was riding him, and he just the horse would pin his ears and run hard every time and he was green and a little bit rattled in the box at the time and I like actually I'm not lying by taking credit because I remember going and telling Trevor I was like watch this horse run to a cow and I don't think at the time Trev could get over how he was squirmy in the box and stuff but you sat there and watched him run to a cow and then would just zing on the end of it facing and so I asked the people about him and then they called me and said several people were interested in him and wanted to know if i'd ride him for a week and just kind of put a price tag they said we don't know what a horse like this is worth and just so happened to be uh i mean the it was a uh, bob tonkin and matt list and they had the horse and uh we've sold them some horses and we're partnered with some mayors with them guys and they're just good people and they said we know you'll tell us what the horse is really worth and stuff and so i called them and and i said he's probably worth more than what i can give for him but i said i i can win on this horse and i asked trev because i knew he's having shoulder surgery i was like the last thing we need is another horse in the barn but i said i I can win especially
0: a gelding that you didn't raise yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and i said but I, i this horse has good stuff i said if i have him for a while i can get him there he'll i'll win and trev's like perfect get after it and some horse trading went on uh we had some really good mares and stuff and i ended up taking the horse in on trade and so uh we got him from matt and bob and he's mine and trevor's now and i was glad i didn't lead trevor astray it was our first trip to town and we got the w and that was so i had it planned in my mind but it don't always work out that way
0: when you first saw him and uh you told trevor about him did you know he was a full brother to hank
1: i had no idea i didn't know he was a full sibling until i owned him
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i i literally looking at the two horses they're so polar opposites i thought there's no way i knew i knew he had you know marshall's brand and i knew he was by the same sire but i had no idea it was the same dam and so uh dang sure dang sure gritty tough little horse
0: why um what do you think about that pedigree though i mean obviously they're like we said they're really different but what is it about that program and what, what marshall and his crew are putting together that's making them good
1: i don't i don't know enough about that breeding i mean i I read a deal you know there's some raining in there and there's some cow horses in there but like you go and get away from some of the sure enough like the cutting bread stuff that does good these days that are they're maybe just not as tough and they they're a little bit they're bred to anticipate everything and they're a little bit frantic minded and i think some of this stuff that's just off the wall you know like bobby lewis has done it with some of his breeding you know those horses can go do the cow horse and stuff but they're just a tick tougher than a lot of the cutters and everything and i think that works good for the roping and like this horse to come out here like people don't understand the like the the level of difficulty that goes on you know the we roped fresh mexicans today that had been chased like two three times tops and maybe only been turned once and it's we were seeing tail by the end of the gate and you don't i mean you don't hardly go to an open jackpot where it's tail by the end of the gate on fresh cattle i think they jackpotted on these cattle last night and i don't i think maybe the high team back was the only team that might have been straight up there was like a six second gap in there and you see the best guys in the world jackpotting in this kind of setup and struggle and then we're going to throw five and six year olds in this same setup like it's full contact and to have a horse that just tries and comes back and stands and then tries it hard and stands again it just it takes a special horse to win these deals it's not a it's not a aqha show i hate to say that but uh-huh. you ain't gonna win it on a show horse here you know you, you got to have something real and and i can't say that about that horse without saying like dark side was my best horse today he i waved it off one that was checked off going to the right and but dark side placed in two rounds and if if I don't mess up on him, he's up there too. And it makes me proud of that horse because, like I said, this is a real setup, you know. Pace Freed said that. He was doing the X Factor deal and he walked up and he said, You guy could rodeo on that dark side horse. He said, He looks real. And that's so that's a good feeling knowing that I had several of them here today that were good enough, you know.
0: Yeah, and he looked great with Jeremy too. Like, dark side yeah. was outstanding no matter what. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah no, it was, it was a good day. We got the wind and the heading in, the healing, and it makes me feel good because. With Trev being out, I didn't want him to come back and be like, all right, I guess now we can go back to winning.
0: Because
1: I know he'd have something to say like that.
0: Yeah, he sure would. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't know him, yep, Yep. he sure would. Yep, he would laugh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, congrats. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Next up, Baker is going to join 2016 world champion Jeremy Bueller to talk about pride and joy, the five-year-old stallion, that is owned by the Relentless Bermuda, Solo Select, and Caleb Turlip for their six and under healing win. Baker was doing the heading there in this, and uh, here you go. You got on that horse for the first time last night. You rode two sides: you rode the Dark Side and you rode Pride and Joy. First of all, did you feel a lot of pressure when Miles called you to ride them? Or oh, are you yeah. used to
2: it?
3: No, that, that was a lot of pressure, for sure. I, I didn't. <laughs> I, uh, I actually, I didn't tell anybody, even at my crew, I was like, I'm not telling no one, I'm just gonna show up and do it. I, there was a lot of pressure because I know how good those horses are. I know how good their program is and how much time those guys put into it and, and all the people that are involved and invested. So, um, I darn sure wasn't scared, but I was, I was nervous. I was, I was excited. So
0: have you ever ridden after Trevor before? I mean, I can't
3: no, no, not, no, I never have.
0: What were, did you have any expectations going into it as far as what you were going to feel? and?
3: Well, he don't know this, but all his videos that come on with him healing, I kind of have a little stockpile of them. And I have I know his healing a little better than he thinks I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So,
0: um, okay, so last night you swung a leg over them. What did you think? What was your takeaway after last night? And were you confident after last night going into today?
3: Yeah, I, I was confident. Um, I rode them last night. It, it was a different setup. It was a jackpot. Steers were really, really fresh. It was honestly probably one of the harder scenarios to just get on a horse, especially a maturity horse, to see how they felt. But I knew after riding them that they were they were what I thought they'd be. They were really good, and I just I wanted to show up and just make sure that I caught and that the you know the judges had to mark them. You know uh-huh. that's what I was after.
0: Miles, why was Jeremy your pick to ride them?
1: i he was talking about studying videos like i studied stuff too and i just think he rides a good horse and he's real quiet about how he does it a lot of guys can do a lot of stuff with the rope but they ride real loud and for you know trevor had shoulder surgery and i this deal i mean this is a you know more or less a jackpot it's whoever can ride one that's good enough to let you go up around there and throw fast like the the judges are going to mark that here and so it seemed fitting to get somebody that you know heals better than i do and just watching him ride i know he rides good he's always in a good position he's got so much coverage with his rope and he rides a horse quiet and i just thought i thought it'd be a really good fit and man it it was it was it was fun heading for him i i was uh enjoying watching my horse from the front side
0: it was nice of miles to break the ice on that first one and yeah. mess up a little bit before you yeah. have to fish a little bit did that <laughs> did that break the that ice for you side, no, I know. About that. <laughs> okay. okay we won't talk about that um talk about yeah after the first one what were you feeling or what were you thinking on pride and joy
3: uh same thing like he he felt really good and, and then when they marked him really good it was it was kind of uh um
0: confidence booster
2: or, uh, yeah
3: it, it was a confidence booster to catch you know to catch mm-hmm. and get marked good on the first one and but you know horses like that it's uh, I'm the first one to not take much credit on that. I, kn- I know that I was just sitting on him healing. that that's an awesome horse and they did a great job with him.
0: Can you um, just for anybody who's never got on one like that like can you describe what he feels like as, as a as compared to other horses you've ridden or rodeo horses like what set that horse apart today you think
3: He's very trained and obedient like very trained um, you know, I don't think he was in a bad spot one time he was in a great spot it was it it felt like healing a fast lane to me you know he's just a very very easy horse and then on top of being easy he's got he's got all the moves too so it's pretty pretty cool combination a lot of times you'll get one or the other
0: yeah and miles that short round steer i mean it didn't look like just the most fun as far as yeah. I was I was more nervous for your head loop no offense than I was for Jeremy there because that <laughs> not because of your loop but because of what that steer was I, doing.
1: I actually knew that steer and he looks like a big strong bulldogging steer but he's a tick slower and he wasn't standing how I wanted him in the shoot but I knew I had a little forgiveness at the start so I seen plenty and it's i brought my good head horse all the way from Texas out here literally just to head those steers for those two studs and when you're got your good head horse you don't worry about stuff like that's your tried us pretty hard to the left but it's a it's a good feeling having your good one and i knew what he was going to be able to do on them studs and i want to make sure i gave us the best chance so
0: were you nervous going into the short round you had a confidence boost there the, after the first one and everything was going well but any short round jitters
3: no I've, i wasn't really i just kind of hoped that we we drew decent and no i by that point i was pretty confident that we were going to catch the last one and just yeah. Um, so. How big a lead did we have?
2: A lot.
0: I don't know what it was.
1: I didn't want to think about how big a lead we had. I just knew I wanted to make sure that I got out and I turned the cow. I knew I knew if we were eight or nine, it wouldn't be the end of the day. But a barrier in no time would have hurt.
3: So yeah.
0: Yeah. Now um, your own horses. How many of your own horses did you bring to?
3: Uh, I didn't. I didn't have any of my own here. This is sort of a. I showed one for Stump Lake. And uh, it was her first time to town. She made the finals, and she, and she did all right. So that was good. And um, but yeah, as for this year, it's kind of an off year for me. I got I didn't, I wasn't prepared enough, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got one in
0: your <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, thanks, guys. Okay, in this segment, Miles and I are going to visit about the Dasco Cattle Company-owned four-year-old A little bit of cash that Baker calls Johnny Ringo. So, you had never won a fraternity before yesterday. Your partner is home with his arm in a sling, and now you are two for two, and almost three for three, really, because uh, Jeremy won on kilo. So tell me, what does it feel like today?
1: I don't know. I guess it's just further proving the fact that i win first when i don't have to beat trevor maybe so
0: i think a lot of people can say
1: that yeah <laughs> no uh, again i wish i would rather win second and have him here but it was good that that horse was really cool because he i rode him at fort worth in the healing you know when he several months ago when he was a three-year-old and i think he won 15 or sixteen thousand down there um he's just a cool horse uh tom mccutcheon called me about him like i think january of that horse's three-year-old year and said he had a big strong horse that wasn't going to make it in the rain and then, anyway he just took i actually headed on him the first probably 90 days because he's so big it's like he's just turned four but he's 15 one and weighs 1200 pounds he's he's a really big hill horse but i headed on him for 90 days probably and he's actually good enough in the head and like I mean, I could probably back him in there and be competitive in the heading, but he just has a perfect stride for a hill horse and he holds his frame good. And so anyway, he did good at Fort Worth. And then uh, the last time I showed a three-year-old at Fort Worth and the horse won good, I come here and I stub my toe on him and that was the clubhouse horse. And so I had that in the back of my mind. I was just gonna make sure that I caught two feet on four steers and let the judges determine what happened from there. And that horse is just good enough that he, he did good.
0: Um now he is a, cl- a customer's horse. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, uh right after the faturity um Ty Smith uh Solo Select. Everybody probably knows him by now, but he called he me. Hides. They
0: might they might know of they him, might, no, but no, they no. don't know yeah. who he is.
1: Yeah. He <laughs> called and said I got a good client that's looking for a young hill horse. He has a boy that uh you know is the timeline's gonna match up or if he has a good horse out here getting faturited when the horse is done with his faturity years his boy will be you know high school college and he just wants to make sure he has good horses well come to find out once i talk to this guy it's the same guy his name's Atley snyder um it's under dasco cattle co but it's the same guy that Uh, owns a yellow ball face horse that Tate I think won two or three faturities on last year and so definitely
0: won in Rock Springs on him yeah yeah and then
1: I think the summer faturity at uh, Fort Worth Mm -hmm. and so uh, anyway the guy said I kind of like to have another Mm -hmm. horse like that that just was coming up through the ranks and getting seasoned and it's cool having people that have that mindset because that's what these faturities are good for you know everybody likes to win but the end goal is to have you know a seasoned horse when the, when everything's over so Ty said I got a guy looking for this what do you have and I said well I've got one that's the right age I've already actually shown him he's proven that he can win and Atley called and said hey I've, the horse sounds like he'll fit my deal and you know I just told him he's gentle good-minded your son will you'll drive the wheels off your truck find, trying to find a horse like this when this one's seven as opposed to you know you own him we'll do things right he's in good hands and um I'm already I mean the horse is just really getting started in his maturity career and he has two wins and I'm uh I'm already ready for him to be seven years old and watch his boy ride him
0: yeah so is he gonna get hauled a lot this summer is is there any like any plan to back off with him because he's already winning so much or just kind of stay
2: hooked
1: I I'm big on like I think there's sometimes four-year-olds need to stay at home. I think if, if they're good and you got a good horse, you can go out there and get paid. But I think there's times that, you know, I mean, if they're going through a sweat or something, you don't need to just stand on their throat and keep pushing. And so I would like to say that every four-year-old deal throughout the year that we'll go out and, you know, hopefully hopefully put some money back in Atley's pocket and make us some more money on the horse, and that would be best case scenario but i'm not afraid to leave one at home if i don't feel like that whatever experience they're about to go through is going to benefit them
0: um what what are his weeks like what are his practices like what does he require at this point of where he is
1: really nothing i i think uh after the futurity for a month i had pushed him pretty hard getting him ready for that or hard for what i think a three-year-old should take and he went down there stood up to the test did good and brought him home and i we kind of just rode him like i didn't rope on him much just rope rode him around and his days were easy and now i mean really he gets probably rode probably roped on three or four days a week and rode the other few but he's just such a pure horse that i mean he i go out there and run four or five steers on him and feel like i accomplished it and i'm pretty uh pretty calculated on like i always keep track of what a horse felt like the day before and then i go into the next day knowing where i need to pick up and what i need to focus on that day and just kind of take it a day at a time but that horse has just been really easy and i heard somebody i was listening to uh, andrea fapani was talking about how some horses just like train themselves and it was funny because he said i've had a few little joe cashes that they just trained easy they were just easy horses and that's kind of how this horse has been he's and like the reason i wasn't heading on him is i felt like the healing was so easy for him that i felt like i could i could do the heading and i could have just an above average horse in the heading and in the healing or i could heal on him and i could have a great heel horse and so we're gonna have a great hill horse that if you're hanging out with your boys on sunday you can still go out there and head steers on him but that that horse is too good in the healing to not focus on the healing
0: fastback ropes is the sponsor of today's episode they have been with us since the very beginning of the score Fastback Ropes was created in 1995 with a single mission in mind to build the best rope on the market. That will always be Fastback's number one goal. Fastback believes it is important to focus on building the best product possible and treating customers with the respect that they deserve. That philosophy has served Fastback well and they're enjoying rapid growth. The rope of choice of today's episode is Dakota Kirkenschlager's four-strand cobalt core construction rope. The cobalt is a perfect combination of poly and dyed nylon, resulting in a highly durable rope. The cobalt is medium in diameter and weight, and will likely appeal to ropers who prefer more tip weight and less body or bounce. It swings consistent in all weather, which was absolutely crucial in Buckeye, because even though we were in the desert, people think Arizona in the wintertime is amazing— I was very cold, as was everybody else, because it was raining sometimes, it was freezing sometimes, uh, it was very, very cold first thing in the morning, it was in the 30s, and uh, never did get very warm, but it was wet, sometimes it was dry, it was icy, so it put the rope to the test, and Dakota uh, showed that it passed with flying colors, so check that out fastbackropes.com anywhere that deals fastbacks that's tractor supply that's NRS you can get a fastback dang near anywhere or you can order online at fastbackropes.com gotcha um yeah as far as how he's bred little Joe Cash and then what's the mare do you know anything about the mare
1: I wish you wouldn't ask that because somebody asked that today and it's I drew a blank on it uh (laughs) Look our it looking it up. <laughs> yeah
0: but but safe to say you didn't buy him off the papers though no. that was just a
1: no and and when we went and looked at him i almost passed on him i'll give trev credit right here because he was like you're in or you're out but i'm taking this horse home with me because he was gonna rope cabs on him you. if i didn't want in on him and I rode him for a few days, and I was like, he just wants to stop too much, and he has too good a stride. And I got in on him, but but originally I thought he was a little bit too big, and I don't really love heading on rainers. And I was like, man, you think he's too big for a hill horse, and I don't love heading on rainers all the time. And Trevor's like, this horse is too good to pass up. And so, anyway, I'm glad he swayed me that way because he is, he's such a good horse.
2: And you guys
0: are... I mean, obviously, you raise a lot of great horses. Melanie and Ty have a lot of prospects that you end up with, and you guys start a lot from the beginning. But I feel like Trevor has always been so good at buying horses. Like, what he sees in them. What have you learned about buying horses from Trevor?
1: It's, uh, like, I think there's as much of an art to having an eye for good horses as there is being able to train good horses. Like, if you can sit here and watch how you know the horse i won the heading on he was a little bit in shambles the day that we looked at him you know he had had a lot of heat on him he didn't want to stand in the box he was kind of dropping his shoulders leaving and there were some things we didn't like but both of us could sit there and see things in that horse that we knew would come to fruition and so i'm i've always said it like you know the horse we won the futurity on you know i I bought that horse from Dakota for my dad and he didn't fit my dad and Trev and I bought him and you know we won the futurity on him and it I'm not afraid to buy one and I'm not afraid to give credit where credit's due I just I think there's an art to being able to sit here and recognize a good horse and and that's what trevor's good at trev can see stuff and he he called me three times during the intermediate heading this morning hey watch this horse go watch this horse go watch this horse so i sit here all morning and i watched horses go and i if i see something i like i'll go down there and ask them about it you know i just that's the name of the game it's not there's no there shouldn't be no pride involved in the business like if i think when you're trying to win and you're trying to have the best product i mean the The hope is that you train that yourself, but sometimes somebody else may have a really good horse that you don't have. And I've always heard that about Andre Fopponi. They're like, he's a winner. If he don't have the horse, he'll go find the horse. And so I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid to go find one, pick one out, and buy one. You know, and and I would love to find one that somebody else trained and we go win on. And I can say, hey, you know, I bought this horse from so and so. He did a good job with him. You know, I think that's. That's good for the sport, you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. What, what did you show him in today? What bridle and what's he in? Does it matter?
1: Does it doesn't it? matter. Mm-hmm. But he's such a little pet coon mm-hmm. that if he can get the shank in his mouth and chew on it, he'll do that. And so I always ride something that he can't get his, in his mouth and chew. But I've always liked a little short short shank blessing on him because he's so broke. And he'll he's over the bridle quite a bit. So like it, those tend to get their heads up. Mm-hmm. And so... That's what I rode on him today, cause that's what I like riding on him. But I normally ride whatever I feel like he can't chew on, because I've I've literally been running down the pen before, and picked up on the reins and looked down and him have the shank of a bit in his mouth, just chewing on it, going through the run, and I'm like, that's literally how chill minded he is. That like he's not worried about anything, but like he's just he's literally like a pet coon. He's he's a little pest, but he's got a cool personality.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you. All right. Simply going in order of who of the way that we recorded these interviews and who won what when. You get to hear from Logan Anseth, who won the intermediate healing for owner Mark Beck on Cashin in My Diamond, and Andy Holcomb was on the was on the head side helping out there. Andy, of course, has a lot to do with this stud and and Logan in the program. So enjoy. Okay. You just did you jump ride this horse? Is that the situation, or give me this background on how you got on this horse?
2: Yes. So Daniel Rice was actually supposed to show him, and then we had a we changed riders yesterday. And the last time I healed on this horse was about ten months ago, and I've only healed about five steers on him before now.
0: Was it an adjustment? Did he feel like did he feel easy, or was it?
2: Uh, he felt he was a little short on the first one, but Andy makes it makes a horse very easy for different people to get on and ride him. And the way Andy can head and handle cattle makes it so much easier on my part.
0: Mm. Were you nervous going into that short round?
2: Yes, I was. I was <laughs> not not as bad as I have been before, but I was, I was pretty nervous on that one.
0: How old is he? What's his background?
2: Do you know? Uh, he's six years old. Andy showed him a little bit last year and won some money on him like at Rock Springs and made the short round at Fort Worth on him. And, yeah, this is the first Did show of the make- year for him.
0: Okay, well, t- what's he like to ride? You said today he you know, he was pretty easy, but in general, what's he like? I mean, I guess on the other five steers that you've run on him before.
2: Uh, so when I roped on him last time, like, I've, I feel like I wasn't at the stage I am now, and I didn't really know how to ride a horse that was this quick-footed and could stop that hard, and so I just struggled getting timing with him. And this time I've seen Andy ride him and heal hundreds of steers on him, so I kind of had a general idea of what I should do, and Andy just gave me a few little... Pointers and tips to help make it go a little smoother.
0: Do you work for Andy?
2: Yep, I've been working there for a little over a year now, and I'm loving it.
0: What's it like? Is he is? I mean, he's the happiest guy here. Usually, is he the happiest guy to be around every day at home too?
2: Oh yeah, every day is a good day. Like he's never lets anything bother him, and he's outstanding to work for.
0: There's no other horse trainer that you could say
2: that about. I mean, I haven't been around a bunch of them, but he's. (laughs) yeah he's a great person to work for and he's always happy and even if something bad happens we always find something good to say about it do
0: you know if the studs breeding some mares this year like what what are his uh, he's a royal crown stallion so probably i mean any, any yeah, idea I would, on that
2: i would assume he is i think mark beck has some brood mares i mm-hmm. think i'm not for sure but and i like he got collected last year a couple times and so i'm sure he will be breeding a few
0: what are your plans do you want to be a horse trainer with like you want to have your own operation someday what are you doing
2: I mean, the more I, the more I do it, the more I like it and, and just need to stay at it, I guess, and keep going with it. I really like it. Do you
0: rodeo a little, too, or just riding horses?
2: Uh, I went to a couple of pro rodeos last year, but didn't really have any luck. And, and But I'm trying to get my brother talked in to go and do a few with me this year.
0: Stick to training horses. Yep. <laughs> Congratulations. Okay, in this very last interview segment of this episode, Miles Baker and I get to discuss not just the standout young mare he won with on her very first trip to town, Relentless Honor by One Time Honor that was bred by the Flag Ranch. We do get to talk about what this meant to him and what what this weekend meant to him and how he plans to carry this through the rest of the season, through his career, um, and what he's doing while Trevor Brazil is sidelined still with a shoulder injury. Uh, Trevor had shoulder surgery, and that's why Miles was on all of these horses and and quite busy, and he has been quite busy because Trevor's surgery was right after Christmas. So Miles has been the the lone rider, (laughs) lone ranger over at the Relentless Bermuda for a little while. So enjoy this part of the interview. Miles, we didn't plan on this being an entire episode on Miles Baker, but I did talk to the kid that won the intermediate today. That was a cool horse. Did you watch that? I mean, yeah, you I saw like that horse. That, I like
1: on. that horse a lot. Yeah. I liked him when Andy showed him last year. He, Ken Vold showed that horse in the cow horse. He's just he's real cool. I was he glad. Looks like that, a cow and too. that kid's so nice. Golly, I hadn't I'd seen him around a lot and always spoke to him. But I talked to him at the back before the short go, and I was I, I was second callback or whatever I was and I was cheering for third callback and I was cheering for him because he's such a nice kid so I was glad he I was glad he won it
0: um this feels like the kind of weekend that I mean that you might never be able to replicate I mean I know that's what you guys work for all the time and it's constantly what the goal is but this was pretty unbelievable
1: yeah and I had like just mentally I carried a lot of weight into this week just because trevor's like such on his own level that like i get a little bit of kickback of like you know well he's just got trevor to show the horses so he trains them good but then he's got trevor and that's how they win and like i get get that from a lot of angles that you probably wouldn't think i do and so to like show up out here and sweep every class of the open i it was it was a sigh relief and it was i mean it's a it's a god thing too because like i've sowed the seeds i've put the work in and just just try, did the right things to get to this point and then like i said to show up out here i was feeling pressure because it's my first like big show with a whole set of horses that trevor's at home you know and just to show up out here and execute uh, is pretty cool and then like the you know the kilo that horse is so good that you know i'd I wanted Bueller to ride him because he's he's so good that you just catch two feet, He's he should win. And I like being in control heading. Like, I, I like the heading because I can do anything with the cow. I, I know the horse. I can read the run and keep the flow going. But And then the six-year-old, it was a good deal. But the four-year-old is what pumps me up because, like, this is the first time everybody cracks their four-year-olds out. And you see who was working behind curtains. Mm-hmm. Like, you see who's been putting in the work the last 18 months. And so that that's why I was so glad to sweep the four-year-old deal, just because I've put so much time into them things.
0: So they you bought those guys as, were they all mares? I'm trying to think about your four-year-old yeah. class. Yeah, all mares. Yeah. And bought them as yearlings, long yearlings?
1: Um, I got them from Larry Rice the very beginning of their two-year-old year and the kid that was starting all his colts had started doing the groundwork on them and I called and he said man I'm about to put the first ride on these things if you want to come watch them so I went over to Larry's and I just sat on the fence that morning and watched uh call him red but he groundworked those mares and he had put a saddle on them and sent them around the round pen and I watched him get on them too for the first time and the mare I won fourth on I we had a leg on her. She would have been right there, tied for high call with that other one. Um, and then steer comes super hard left and short go. I didn't really get to show her, but she placed. and, and I called Trevor and I, I bought the two fillies. And I said, "There's a bay that has the kindest eye I've seen. Like for putting the first ride on them. she had like she had so much confidence in her eye, and she was had a huge hip. She was bred cool." and then i bought another one i said she had a little bit of a wild look in her eye but i was like she is beautiful and she was real stingy like she moved around with her tail clamped and and she never cut in two but you could just tell she had some freaky attributes to her and so i went over there to buy one and i bought two and i took them home and i went on with them from then and i've i've had them i've had them ever since they've been in my hands and it's uh it's been cool but really the the bay mare's been such a the one-on-one fourth on I think she's been such a freak all along that I was like I don't know how anything can get around her and then I got out here a few days ago and messed around with these horses and I called Trevor and I said hey the brown mare's gonna win the show I said I don't think there's anything that can touch her she was that good when I worked her when I first got out here she just locked in she's cold-blooded and so I I spoke that to life because I said I told him three days ago that she was going to win it, and so I'm glad to execute on that.
0: And Andy's were, um, did you get to go see Andy's go? He rode that one of Driggers that he did really well on too.
1: did, uh, did that one he won third on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was that a mare?
0: No, I think it was a big gelding, big sorrow Yeah.
1: I I was ago. crossing ways like I I got to watch a short round run made a real good run and but then Andy the bay that he had I liked that that one a lot I think that might have been a mare too but he had some good horses and and I expected that because like when Andy and me and Ren and guys that have programs that start can start from the beginning and go to the end and stuff like it's not easy to show up and beat those guys and we're all looking over our shoulder seeing what the next guy has and so it, it's uh, I think this is this is kind of when everybody sizes up and goes home like, hey, he's got one, you know, or he's got a couple, and Wren's got a few, and I think Wren's have had a little less time put on them than some of the other ones, and but
0: he was rodeo, and then yeah, you guys, but Wren's kind of the OG as far as the Flag Ranch, yeah, of uh, you 100%. know favoritism, and that was why you guys got into the Flag Ranch. Yeah. I mean, not the only reason, but that was one of the things that. Yeah, Indicators, well,
1: Larry started crossing the cow in the run a long time ago because he was wanting ranch horses. You know, he they got a big ranch and he always said he wanted something that was cowy that could tough and go a long time. And he started that, and Wren caught on to it. And you know, we've got we've dang sure had some good ones now. And I think those two mares that I did good on today, like they're special. They're good mares, you know.
0: That bay mare looked like she could pull up the wall for.
1: future rodeo horse (laughs) not a situation you wouldn't have to put them in the first time away from town but we're open fresh mexicans and it's wide open and we're seeing a lot around the end flying and so it's it's pressure testing them which it was good that that mare's so good-minded like nothing's it doesn't Mm -hmm. affect her i the worst thing about it was that i come back third call and i wasn't able to jump and win second because of the cow i drew and that's why you know, but it was nothing against the mare. I just we just didn't draw good enough to do it. You know, but really proud of them.
0: And they so will this batch of the youngest variety of horses go back to Scottsdale, or are they going to take some time off, or you just haven't decided yet?
1: Those two flag ranch mares will go for sure because they're so cold blooded. Like they just they're tough the pressure doesn't bother them and and then like the hill horse and i i'd say all of them will go you know i uh the big black mare she uh i broke the barrier i had a super slow steer and barely got the barrier on her and then we had a leg too and if not for that you know she's up there in the top three or four too so i think they're all they're all good enough to go do damage when we show up i'm gonna I'll check their pulse when I get home, but I, I don't feel like I did any harm to them.
0: Yeah, you don't think that this week's going to be a patching anything back together?
1: I don't. I've, I, I've been putting heat on them and taking it off for so long that, like, this wasn't the first time that I set my hand down and kicked all the way to a cow. Like, Trevor's been real good for me in that aspect. Like, you can't just show them the fire when you show up. So, like... Mine of mine know what the fire is. They've been tested. and They've stood up to it, or I wouldn't have them here today. And so, they were they were ready for what I threw at them.
0: Thanks for sticking around. By the way, if you uh, if you were impressed with what Miles talks about, I I wouldn't be surprised. But ch- go over and listen to his training series. Watch his training series on roping.com, and he has a promo code. It's Miles fifteen. And you'll actually save 15% on your membership, especially with all of these live streams coming up. It's kind of key. I haven't dropped that in a while on this episode so uh, or on any of these episodes of The Score. So if you've listened this far, your reward is the promo code for roping.com so you can get Miles' whole training program and Trevor's, I mean, I think people kind of want his too, over at, at roping.com. That's miles fifteen.